Welcome back to Rated Radio with your hosts, Raven Alexander and myself, Shane Wyndham. Raven, what's going on in your world? Oh, you know me, trying to not stress out about every little thing that comes my way, but such is life. Boo, I boo, know. Boo, Woe is me. Boo. What's going on in your world, Shane? Well, it doesn't really matter because we're not supposed to be talking about that. <laughs> this is one of our special episodes, and Butter by BTS was the number one song on the Billboard... Top 100? Yeah, they call uh, it something. It's like the Hot 100 or... Hit list. I don't know. Some, I'm making some that shit. up. Yeah. <laughs> Butter by BTS. I'd never heard any BTS before, and the best I can say is that the song is pretty listenable. I definitely didn't hate it. Mm-hmm. Got some old school pop lyrics with a sound that reminded me of someone trying to knock off a Bruno Mars instrumental. Yeah. Four stars. I agreed with you in saying that it is very poppy, but the pop of today. Uh, the beat is fun, perfect for summer, and it sounds like new Jonas Brothers. You know how, oh, you probably don't know. They switched their sound up a little bit. You're right, I don't know. Anyway, I would have given it four stars as well. Agreement. Yeah. A good way to start. Roll that intro. Shane, what's our top 10 list that we decided to cover for this special? It's going to be a big surprise here, but live songs. Oh, wow. Top 10 live songs. We did stretch it a little bit and said that we'd settle for acoustic, correct? Yeah. Okay. Oh, yeah. I mean, I didn't, I didn't take that out, but we could have if we wanted to. Most acoustics are live anyways. Uh, what's first on your list, Shane? Round Here by The Counting Crows. It's from the Across a Wire discs Mm -hmm. it's on the second disc this is the one i'm talking about i actually got to hear this revised arrangement performed live i was with my aunt misty and her boyfriend harold coincidentally one of misty's best friends was also harold's cousin that's a lady named maria which is the same name you'll find throughout the song it may sound inconsequential but maria used to flash me to try making me feel better about being alive boobs yes Uh, and she's dead now oh i didn't know that yeah oh dang It's not the singular thing I'll remember about her, but it's definitely the best lesson I took away from having known her, that often those small, even silly kindnesses are enough to help those on the receiving end. So, Maria, sorry you're dead. If you're listening. Thank you for showing me your tits. (laughs) I remember Misty and Maria used to pal around like they like they were attached at the hip for a really long time Mm -hmm. i didn't know she passed though yeah she did maria was also really big influence with regard to music Mm -hmm. Uh, i think she's the person who introduced me to dmx and to sublime Ah, there's a good taste good taste yes she had great taste in music what's first on your list first on my list is take on me by aha from their mtv unplugged summer solstice from 2017 most would consider this version not up to snuff with how it starts but don't count it out this one grows on you like the good kind of fungus that's the one from deadpool yes or deadpool 2 i don't remember which one it was one of the deadpools yeah, but yes a, that yeah. that is that is the exact one from exquisite deadpool. yes exquisite I, performance. I played it for my sister she absolutely hated it but really? i think 
I think she's sleeping on it. I think that she hasn't learned to appreciate how different yeah. it sounds. I mean, it you know what it is because you know anybody that knows the original knows all the lyrics to that song. Mm-hmm. But there's something that this unplugged offers. It's almost like a um, like a sense sensitivity. Like it it kind of it kind of cuts you a little bit. It so. reminds me of that first song on my list. It it does something different, and it's exactly what you want out of mm-hmm. a performance like that. Yeah, both both versions are very good. I love the original, but most most people that do live versions of songs, people are usually severely disappointed. But we're here to change that. That's mm-hmm. what this list is all about. Yeah. So, what's next on your list, Shane? Hey, you by Pink Floyd. It's from the Pulse album. So we're clear what's different about this one versus what you find on the wall is that Gilmore does the singing throughout. This version of this song was the first Pink Floyd song I ever remember hearing. And it felt on par with, say, meeting a soulmate. I recall writing a short story during subsequent listens about a guy who met and fell for a suicidal girl at a support group meeting after his own best friend committed suicide by running through a window while visiting the skyscraper where his mother worked. Two decades later, that idea would be reshaped into the basis of my debut novel, Hopeless Oceans. So yeah, big song in my life. Yeah, yeah. yeah. God damn, that's a way to go. Yikes. All I right. had some visions, I'm, you know? <laughs> I'm sure you did. Uh, next on my list is Harder, Better, Faster, Stronger, live from the Alive Radio Edit. 2007 by Daft Punk. Daft Punk already sounds like they travel the space-time continuum, but could you imagine traveling with them? Listen to this song and now you don't have to. Word. Yeah. (laughs) What's next on your list? Where Did You Sleep Last Night by Nirvana. This is usually the first song I start playing anytime I pick up a guitar. Love this song so much that I reworked lyrics from this version, as well as the original by Lead Belly, into a new track with a chorus and all. Uh, you can hear me sing that live on YouTube. Oddly, I've no story associated with this tune. What? Nothing. Well, call me disappointed. I'm just kidding. I could stretch it, but... With how little I bring to the table sometimes, I'm not going to... The pot is not going to call the kettle black on this one. Yeah. (laughs) Next on my list is Tears in Heaven by Eric Clapton from his MTV Unplugged from 1992. You can feel the emotion through this live version as Clapton sings the song that was inspired by the death of his own son. Another... Another extremely emotional, raw, cut you to the core. This man is speaking from his soul and uh, about the worst thing that a parent will ever have to endure. And hopefully you you as a parent don't ever have to endure that. Over so. here trying to just block all of it. Just, I know, just I know. I say nope. that. I'm not a parent. I'm, I, I want to make Shane cry today. That's, that's no, my I'm goal. Not cr- I'm not crying today. <laughs> Next for you. No Leaf Clover by Metallica. My side of the family spends Christmas Eve together. My wife's side gets Christmas Day. When my brother-in-law Sean was living with us, I got him a full Guitar Hero band set up for Christmas. We took all that stuff to his parents' place and played the shit out of Guitar Hero Metallica that Christmas. It was a family affair, and this is my favorite track from that game. Also one of my favorite ways I've ever spent a holiday. Highly recommend. Speaking of, I'm supposed to ask you if we can borrow your rock band or guitar hero stuff <laughs> what? if you still have it anyway <laughs> that's a well, discussion for another I'll time think about it thanks uh samantha was wondering if we could borrow it because gage has never played it 
Oh. And he's been he's been really into his guitar, and we've been taking him. He's been going to Guitar Center. Literally, you will never see a twelve year old more happy than Gage at a Guitar Center playing guitars that are over a thousand dollars. I actually watched all of those videos. You did. You posted he's of him pretty playing. Good. Yeah. He's, yeah, I liked it a lot. He's he's doing good things. I told him that if I ever get married someday, I just might let him play. Like when I walk down the aisle, he looked at me and he was like, "Really? <laughs> You'd let me do that?" And I was like, "Yeah, dude." So he's. He's stepping up his game. He's also taken on skateboarding. So very 12-year-old. Yeah. Very 12. Sounds familiar. Moving on to my pick. It's Radio Gaga by Queen from their Live Aid performance in 1985. While I was so close to going with Love of My Life, that... So close. So close. That version, uh, Love of My Life was not at Live Aid. It was at another performance, but literally the entire amphitheater sang for Freddie Mercury. And it's just one of the most moving experiences when when a whole crowd of people can join together and sing a song like that. I don't know. Anyway, we're not talking about this song. Radio Gaga. I I thought you were. No, (laughs) we're not talking about that song. It was just a good version. Radio Gaga will ultimately win every time for me. Actually, the whole Live Aid Queen performance was legendary. So take that, Ray Foster. Not sure what just happened, but okay. When Queen came out with Bohemian Rhapsody, he shit all over it. And he said that Queen would never be oh, a was, thing. I got you. He was Mike Myers' character in yeah. the Bohemian Rhapsody yeah. version. So I remember that's Ray, that's Ray Foster. Silver Springs by Fleetwood Mac from The Dance. Rayburn, you should appreciate this. I first heard the live version of this song while riding around in your dad's truck. I think this listening to full albums obsession that I have stems from those early days. Most people were content to listen to the radio stations, and your dad certainly did plenty of that. But if he put a CD in the deck, you bet your ass we were listening to the whole fucking thing. Oh, yeah. You know how many times I listen to Sticks Greatest Hits, and it takes me back to an exact moment in time me too musical time machine seriously Mm -hmm. i do appreciate that because next on my list is landslide by fleetwood mac live at warner brothers studio the dance okay there you go (laughs) i just wanted to say where it was at so that it would clarify (laughs) anyway from 1997 this live version will always remind me of a difficult time in my life that saw me spend countless nights in a hospital chair holding my mom's hand thankful for it and the positive outcome that came from many sleepless nights i heard that song every day that and it wasn't on it was radio every day that i was going back and forth to the hospital when my mom was having her gallbladder thing Mm -hmm. weird but now that song reminds me of a lot of sleepless nights and a lot of unsureness so understandable anyway that's it for my first half heightened emotional response yeah let us start with my shit all right your shit yeah the three live albums that i picked let's go over them okay see how this went and uh can we start before we get into this what i picked i'd not heard any of these in full uh-huh i knew one of them pretty well i can guess which one it had something to do with pink floyd oh yeah yeah spoiler um, alert Another one I'd heard a track or two from, and then one of them I'd not heard anything at all. And I'm curious to know, why did you pick what you picked? I own one of the albums that I picked, so I had heard it. And I kind of wanted to include it because 
I talk about this group a lot, but we've never actually listened to any of their stuff. It might have been a bad place to start. Who's to say? I'm not judging. It just no, seemed it just seemed like like you asked your dad. No, what? I I didn't. <laughs> I didn't that's ask kind my dad. Of the feeling I got. Okay. No, if I would ask my dad, Rush would have been on my list, oh, okay. and he was pissed at me that Exit Stage Left was not because that's a lot. That's the live album. Right? Yeah. I picked another album. You looked at me crazy like my, I'm not supposed to know <laughs> no, that. No, my stomach. <laughs> my, uh, I picked another album because it is extremely well known to okay. be a great album. And the third one I picked, I had heard things about it, but I had never heard it. So I wanted to kind of add a variety okay. there. So so we're getting, I think, a little more comfortable here. We're not, we're not aiming for wins. We're just picking no. things to pick them. Yeah. So first up for me. All right. <laughs> Is Lamb of God's Philadelphia from 2004. This was my top album. This is my bottom album. Not a surprise. No, it's not. Out of the 16 tracks, I gave 13 fives. I gave zero fives. Not a surprise. Again, again not surprised. surprise. Top track for me was The Subtle Arts of Murder and Persuasion. My top track was 11th Hour. That is kind of surprising. I'll take that as something of a win. Cool. Bottom track for me was intro. Bottom track for me was Terror and Hubris in the House of Frank Pollard. Really? Mm-hmm. That's a, that song's got a lot in the way of evolution in it. I thought you would think highly of that one. I might have checked out. Okay. I, if, if, if the song was evolving, it might have taken too long to get where I thought it should have been okay. sooner. So, and anyway. It's just a something about the beginning of that one's like a, a reprieve. Mm-hmm. For those who don't know, this is a metal band. Oh, no shit. Yeah. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Which is probably why it's not my bag. It's pretty nonstop in your face going and going and going. Let's hear what you had to say. I said, very metal, again, fast pace. Never been a huge fan of Screamo, but some of the music was cool. Like the way it was kind of composed was cool. Yeah. So I don't think I got behind the vocals because like I said, I'm not I'm not huge into Screamo metal, really. I uh, used to be the same way. If it makes you feel better. I, I used to be super turned off by this type of vocal performance. I will probably evolve. So good yeah. thing we're going to be doing this podcast for a while. And Screamo makes you think of like screeching Mm-hmm. like black metal wannabe wizards screeching as yeah. high pitched as they can. That's not what we're talking about. It's like a growling. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, anyway, he he gets into a higher register at points. This this guy has I think I compar- an amazing amount of vocal talent. I think I compared them. I didn't write it down, but I think there were similarities for me to like gore. Okay. Like slightly. Yeah. But I could be a little off base there. I'm no expert. Like a vocal presence yeah. or something? Okay. Yeah. Let's be honest. This album is a masturbatory exercise in skill. Almost completely flawless and certain older tracks sound better than their LP counterparts because the songs were older. They mm-hmm. weren't produced as well. But yeah. here they sound great. If you're not a fan of metal and enjoy jumping into the deep end of the pool, this is the album you need. Clearly, Rayburn walks into the pool most of the time, I would guess. Yeah, maybe tip my toe in if it's a little too cold. <laughs> Come hear why this group tops my list of acts to see live. You said exercises, and all I could think about is this is an exercise or an exorcism? Exorcism, yeah. yeah. <laughs> By the way, something we didn't talk about earlier because your sister's having some seizure issues right now. Yeah, yeah, so, she is. And you got to see. Mm-hmm. Are you beginning to understand now? Why, when you see like exorcism movies, there's so much 
about these days. Like they used to think there's a lot of people who are epileptic that back in the day they thought they were demon possessed. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. You get yeah. that now? Totally. You get <laughs> totally. Yeah, the medical and religious communities back in the day, they had no fucking idea what no. they were what they were doing and I cringe at the thought of what those people had to go through because they were epileptic. So, it's yeah. kind of understandable now you know. Like Shane said, Shane's been really supportive, but my sister just had her first grand mal seizure yesterday. She actually had two. Uh, so that's why my stress and anxiety levels have been a little bit high, as I stated in the intro. But we're working through it. And luckily, we have a good support system like my cousin here, who's an expert. So he's been... <laughs> not an expert. You're an expert more than I am. My brain tries to eat itself sometimes, too. <laughs> so that's the best I could say. So, But we're, we're positive that things are going to be all right. The... Next album I went with was Roger Waters in the Flesh Live from 2000. This was a double album. Mm-hmm. Sorry. It's <laughs> Pink Floyd, Don't Be Sorry. It was my middle pick. This is my top pick. Out of the 24 tracks, I gave 13 fives. I gave 11 fives. That's wild. Mm-hmm. Good, good album. My top track was Amused to Death. Same. And my bottom track was the Get Your Filthy Hands Off My Desert. Same. I feel really bad that that was my bottom track mm -hmm. because I absolutely love the final cut mm -hmm. from Pink Floyd. Just the he live chose, version. If you look at the tracks, it's like he took a few songs from most of the albums that he mm -hmm. was a part of yeah. and did a pretty good job in most places. I don't know what the fuck was going on here. And technically that track isn't even just get your filthy hands off my desert. It's like a, an amalgamation of a few tracks from yeah. that anyway. Yeah. What do you think about the album? What'd you write? I said it still manages to master harmonies even live. Very large sound. And it does a good job of performing like on the albums that he took them from. Mesmerizing. Wish I was there. Oh. <laughs> oh. Little play on words, huh? <laughs> so worth mentioning that most of the first disc is Pink Floyd stuff and most of the second disc is his solo stuff, mm -hmm. which for me meant that the second disc <laughs> was much more valuable, mm -hmm. even though I love Pink Floyd. Yes, Don't you get do. it twisted. Yes, yes, you do. To state the obvious, this should have been cut down to a single disc. The goods are phenomenal, but many of the performances underwhelmed me. In spite of some amazing production values, Waters' vocals are hit or miss, and the toying with Gilmore's guitar riffs never plays well. But some of my all-time favorite live performances are here. The drummer fucking went hard. All right. The drums were a step up from Pink Floyd's norm. Mm -hmm. So if you're looking for slightly more complexity or intensity to the drum tracks for Pink Floyd songs, you get it here. Anyway, I wanted to say that Perfect Sense Parts 1 and 2 came close to beating out Amused to Death for me. Okay. And that was very surprising. I'm surprised that our top track and bottom track were the same for how many tracks that we covered. Yeah. So that's pretty good. Um, I'll take that as a win, no matter what today. <laughs> All right. So if I couldn't get you with Lamb of God, at least I got you with Roger Waters. You did. But he's, he's a safe bet. <laughs> yeah. Most of the time. Yes. By the way, big props to him for all of his recent videos he's been doing online. I'm loving the outspoken nature of his politicism. Oh, okay. It's been fantastic from telling Mark Zuckerberg to go fuck himself to... Well, let's be honest, more people need to tell Mark Zuckerberg to go fuck himself. <laughs> <laughs> he did it in a big way, so... Uh, last album for me was Tori Amos, Live at Montreux. 
91 and 92 uh, from 2008. <laughs> like that's not confusing at all. <laughs> yeah, it was It was originally two discs and for this release it was cut down to one. Mm-hmm. So two different performances and whatever. This was my bottom album. This is my middle album. Out of the 16 tracks, I gave nine fives. One five. My top track was Upside Down because I hadn't heard it before and it made me want to dive into her B-sides. My top track was Thank You. Is that the cover? Led Zeppelin cover? Maybe, I'm, maybe not. I don't know. I'm remember. not sure. I don't think so. I don't know Zeppelin enough to... <laughs> well, neither do I. <laughs> My bottom track was Song for Eric. <laughs> Happy birthday, Eric, by the way. <laughs> Sorry. Nothing to do with you, but you know. My bottom track was China. I don't okay. know what's going on in China. <laughs> That's all right. Uh, this was feminist anthems for me. Extremely female driven. Pretty voice, but it sounds a lot like Bjork and Alanis. And that's not like a like a knock or anything. No, that's definitely that's uh, that's perfect. Yeah, sounds almost like fantasy music at times. Uh, definitely makes you want to grow your bush out and <laughs> not give a fuck. I bet she has a massive bush, dude. <laughs> I know, dude. And you know she's got that's like so pit stupid. hair and and yeah, she's she's living like the the forest life. I really just went there. This is one of my favorite female songwriters, and I. Okay. You can still like her and her have a big bush. Silly. I mean, look at Demi Moore. Yeah. Everybody loves her. I just meant, I don't know. It's it's completely uncalled for, <laughs> but you talked about the, never mind. <laughs> what I love about this disc is that you can hear just how little is ultimately altered in post-production. Tori is amazing when singing her raw heart out to an emotional piano melody. There's some surprisingly welcome humor here as well. What I don't love are the acapella tracks or much of the later performances. They're strange on purpose, and that's just not my bag. The repeated tracks highlight what I mean, so if you listen to the first version of the two performances, uh, that's probably the one that I like more. I think this was better when watched. She is attractive. It's not even about being attractive. It's just she's so engaging. You're sitting at a piano, and it's it's really hard. It's pretty easy to play a guitar and sing at the same time, in yeah. my opinion, but to play piano. Oh, yeah. No, there's there's sing. a new level of respect for piano players. And I think that's one of the reasons why I liked Alicia Keys stuff when we did that episode is because I don't even know. I don't even know how you play yeah. piano, keep your fingers right, and somehow manage to put on a performance sitting in front of a piano and killing it with with your vocal range. I don't know how people do that. And she's funny and she's paying attention to what everybody's doing. There's a point at which she stops playing piano with one hand to like adjust her mic. Mm-hmm. and Doesn't skip a just, beat. No. Yeah. She just keeps going. If you listen to this album, she talks to her audience a lot. Like Shane says, she's really, really engaging. Like she's not just there to perform in front of these people. She wants them to feel like they're actively involved in the show. Yeah. So that's really, really refreshing because you don't typically get that a lot from artists. I don't think I've ever in a live disc in my entire lifetime hear someone joke about having forgotten the lyrics to their own song (laughs) and then start it again. Yeah. Anyway, those were my three picks. Let's take a break. All right. back 
We are. Do you have any plugs or recommendations or anything of that sort? I do. Let me get it out of the way. You go right ahead. So my recommendation, while we're being classy this week, covering live music and Mm -hmm. sounding very serious, my recommendation is a song called Dick Touch the Water by Tropical Storm. Yes, my friend, you paid for the pleasure of knowing this song exists, having bought our special, Yes, of course. Enjoy either pretending you can unknow this song or sharing it with everyone who likes to laugh. It's as ridiculous as its name implies. Again, that's Dick Touch the Water by Tropical Storm. Should I do my plug now? You go right. You no, go? you go right ahead. You do your plug. Plug for this week is just the cheap Sony headsets, which we use for the podcast. Yes. Uh, the sound quality is surprisingly great, and they've proven super durable. So just type this into the search bar on Amazon, and the headsets will pull right up. Uh, you're going to have trouble finding them with anything but the the code on Amazon, which is the ASIN, uh, and it's B011TNK6V4. They'll run you 15 to $20, and mm-hmm. you'll probably never go back to earbuds again. You just let listeners get a little peek behind the curtain of what it takes to create rated radio. Yeah, peek listeners. All right. I have questions from our listeners. God. And I would say it's quite a few, but we're going to try to keep this brief. We are both going to answer these questions. So first question is from Alyssa S. What is your favorite childhood memory of you and I together? Dude, what? (laughs) I know. (laughs) I know. It's going to get interesting. They did not hold back with some of these questions. All right, I'm just going to share what I want to here because I, I can't think of anything off the top of my head. What does come to mind is when you were born, I was in Idaho and I knew we were coming home. I knew your mom was pregnant when we left mm-hmm. and I was very excited, even though I knew you were a girl, <laughs> I was very excited to get back to Texas so that I could meet you even though you were a little baby and I knew how fucking annoying little babies could be. I'm still annoying, Shane. But it was your parents having a kid. Not my mom and my dad. Yeah. <laughs> you know? Yeah. So I expected, you know, great things. And yeah, then you turned out to be an annoying <laughs> little shit. Well, my favorite childhood memory of us together. One night, it was me, your sisters, Joseph, when we were younger. I was spending the night. They were asking, we were playing Truth or Dare. They asked me to sing. I was super, super nervous. At this point, I I was still really nervous about singing in front of people. And all the lights were off. And I was really nervous. They were like, come on, Lexi, because I go by Lexi on my dad's side. Come on, Lexi, you know, do it. It, It'll be fine. Just do it. And finally, out of nowhere, which going back to a previous episode, one of the songs that reminded you of me was this song. And I touched on it when we were talking about it. I started singing Calling Out Around the World. What is it? Calling Out Around the World. Dancing in the street. So I belted it out like a 50s black woman crooner singer. And they all laughed at me. And I remember feeling mortified. I don't hold anything against them. I know it came out of nowhere. We were in the dark. It it was really, really loud. Anyway, I was really embarrassed. And the only thing that made me feel better was you walked through the door with Arby's in your hand. You had brought Arby's home for everybody because you were working at Arby's at that point. And it made me feel better. So. <laughs> so your favorite memory of me is the fact that I randomly had Arby's for during <laughs> During childhood, we've shared a lot of great memories since then. But I remember that was one of the first times that, I don't know, I just, you comforted me with unknowingly comforted me. And the Arby's was cold, but that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> so. 
And let's uh let's get this out of the way. A random life tip for any guys listening who are dating women or women <laughs> dating women. I think people in relationships in general, one of the seriously the worst things about adulting after a while, it's cool in the beginning and it seems like a joke, but trying to figure out what the fuck you're eating, mm-hmm. it's because you have to talk to someone else about it for the most part. Yeah. Stop doing that. Stop fucking asking all the time. Just get some shit. Yeah. Get some shit you think they're going to like. Mm -hmm. I promise you nine out of 10 times, at least, they're just going to love you more because you got them food and they didn't have to think about it. Yep. Yep. Rarely, unless you're with the wrong person. And I do think any of you out there who show up with food and someone bitches because you didn't get this or you didn't get that. You're with the wrong wrong person. person. Yeah. Because when I'll ask Blue, I'll usually get like a, I don't care. But me, if it's not Wingstop, or or pizza or sushi or something like that. Usually he can read me like a book. Mm-hmm. And I've just gotten past the point of even asking and just doing whatever the fuck I want. Yeah. And knowing exactly what he wants when I get what I want. So next question. This is a long one. This is from Brock C. Do you think bands like Greta Van Fleet are going to start making big noise in the music industry? Do you think that sounds like that will actually come back? And a follow up. Do you think Greta was born in the wrong era? I think they're already making huge noise in the music industry. Some thought and still think that they're just a Led Zeppelin cover band, myself included, before diving into what they have to offer. They're so much more than that. I think that sounds like that never really left. And I think that Greta is right where they need to be. They're adding a new and exciting take to the sound and expanding on it, as well as breaking gender normalcies with their style. I know that's a lot to take in. No, it's cool. I got hung up on the end of the question because it said, was Greta born in the wrong era? And I'm Mm -hmm. thinking of Greta as a band. You know, not a person. Yeah. I'm pedantic in my head. and You're fine. I I seriously confused myself right there at the end with the question. To answer, will they ever make bigger noise than what they're making now? Probably not. But I think they're making plenty of noise Mm -hmm. and it's good. I'm really glad that it is popular with some. I do think certain sounds might make things in the way of comeback because music can be cyclical. You know, things that go out of style, come back into style. Yeah. The thing we don't think about is... Kids are always going to be looking for the next big thing. Yes. Uh, Certain generations aren't aware of things that were popular at certain points in time. Mm -hmm. So if it's been long enough, you know, and their parents don't listen to it, then it could make something in the way of a comeback. I think what we tend to forget is that one, it's usually going to be a new sound, a stranger sound, Mm -hmm. just something that's different. And that every time that happens, we are adding onto the amount of sound that there is to be made. Yeah. The number of genres, the things that people can get into. So I think gone are the days when MTV, top 10 radio, everyone listened to the same thing, you Mm -hmm. know. There's so many options out there. Yeah, there's not a milkman that comes down the block anymore and you can judge the milkman based on that one thing. You go to the grocery store and you've got tons of milk options. Yes. Everybody's going to be different. Mm -hmm. So it's a good thing that this music exists and that it's making... Good money. Yeah. Yes. Next question is from Parker D. Shane, is a hot dog a sandwich? Man, <laughs> is this a fucking Rhett and Link question? I don't know. He really he really asked this. Actually, um, that's wrong. It's not Rhett and Link. It's, um, uh, help me out. It's, it's Mythical Kitchen. It's Mythical Kitchen. Josh yes. and... Wow, you have, you've really stuck to I, getting into that. I like Mythical Kitchen a lot. 
Josh is a genius. Like yeah. the the shit that he comes up with is insane. Yes. So keep doing what you're doing, Josh. If you're a listener, I doubt. And this that, dude but. really came in and <laughs> saw that Rent and Link were making all this money and said, "Hey, you know what I want to do? Build me a kitchen for one, so I can cook for you. But mm-hmm. two, I'm gonna make a show on YouTube where I spend a fuck ton of your money making food." Yes. Yes. Back before Josh came along, they were just boiling pig anus and, <laughs> yes. and bull testicles. Now he it's like an art, like he's an actual chef. So yes, but the name of his show or podcast or whatever is, is a hot dog a sandwich. Yeah. But to answer that question. I think it's a statement. It's like a hot dog is a sandwich. Yes. A hot dog is a sandwich. And they have food arguments. Yes, they shit do. Like that. To answer that question from Parker, though, I said, not a sandwich. It's more of a taco, plain and simple. I only categorize a sandwich as two pieces of bread not connected. Okay. I think if you sit it in bread, it's a sandwich. A taco to me involves tortillas of some sort, which I don't think of a hot dog bun as a tortilla. I get the visual you're going for. Yes. Yeah. If If we're coming right down to it, a sandwich is something put between two slices of bread and a hot dog bun is almost two slices of bread. It's not quite there. Okay. And that's why it's its own thing. There's your answer, Parker. It's a taco sandwich. We need a term for a taco sandwich. A tanwich. All right. Let's not try to make one up. <laughs> it's just going to fail. Who had tanwich. a tanwich? Yeah. The visual <laughs> was like that, that nudist at the beach that can't quit tanning her junk. Yes. And <laughs> oh. has like... Does she have tan lines or not? Because I'm she picturing has no tan. Bush, and it's oh. horrible. <laughs> okay. Taco. I said t- taco tan. Oh, okay. So, all right. So, we're, we're talking. Okay. That's we're where talking you put about the meat. The vagine. Anyway. Let me put my hot dog in your tanwich. Well, speaking of tanwiches, this question comes from my mother. <laughs> yeah. You asked for I that one. I didn't hear it. <laughs> I didn't hear it. Read. Shane, what do you want for Christmas? Man. Yeah. I said for my mother to not ask me stupid ass questions like what I want for Christmas. I hope you get nothing. Being mean to your mom. Just tell her something. I don't give a shit. I always tell her not to get me something. That's why I've implemented the whole secret Santa thing. Because she tries to buy gifts for everyone. And we don't need to be doing that anymore. So we're doing secret Santa on my side. I know what I want. World peace. Like your dad's come up with candles and stuff in the past and the scentsies and everything like that. Yeah. Do that. But come up with... Like little packages, pre-made. Yeah. It's like we don't have to dig and pick because wa- inevitably I'm the asshole that like steals something from my mom and I feel bad. Yeah. Like I'm I'm sorry that you wanted. I think I'm going to take a page out of. The butt naked, but I'm taking that, mom. That's That smells good to me. I think I'm going to take a page out of your book because usually like you'll do, I mean like it's not in a basket, but you'll do multiple things to give to people in the family. Uh, recently I started making homemade soaps and I think I'm going to put together a like basket for all the houses in our, in our family. And it's going to contain homemade soaps with like shea butter, things like that. Um, that could be something that my dad adds his candles in, or even Cassie, who is my brother's fiance, she does sugar scrubs and she actually sells them. So it would be nice to be able to do something like that collectively and distribute them throughout the family. Okay. So anyway, we the, do the Wyndham sign, by the way, Kissy is is going up in my media room in the corner. I was going to put it on the front porch, but all of our neighbors here are nosy fucks. Yes. <laughs> it's okay. It's a it's a very tight knit community and I'm I'm that I don't care to know my neighbors. You know, they get too yeah. familiar. But yeah, so I'm I'm gonna put it right in the corner. 
in our projector room. Which, uh, yeah, we're in Shane's new house, everybody. Yes, we are. First episode in Shane's new house. So, and very Ray, exciting. Raven, you want to put your feet on my rug, don't you? I want to put your feet on my rug, <laughs> don't you? Yeah. My new carpet is his nice. New carpet, his new carpet is the bomb. Anyway, we do have uh, quite a bit more questions. Let's do it. You rapid, wanna... rapid fire, we'll try. Shane, how do you put on your socks and shoes? Do you go sock, shoe, sock, shoe, or sock, sock, shoe, shoe? That's from Catherine D. It's sock, sock, shoe, shoe, because my shoes are normally not where I'm putting my socks on. I lotion my feet, my ankles, my knees, that sort of thing when I get out of the shower. Okay. And then I put socks on so that I'm not rubbing that stuff off on the carpets and the floors and everything. Mm -hmm. And then I'll find my shoes later. I, I said sock, sock, shoe, shoe. Anyone that does it any different should be evaluated. If you had to replace your- no, Nothing wrong with y'all. No, I'm just trying to make light. Anyway, if you had to replace your co-host with anyone alive, dead, fiction, or nonfiction, who would it be? This is from Toby B. I said, and this is such a cheese ball answer. I said, I would replace my co-host with myself at 50. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> what? Oh, Let me finish. Raven, damn. I know. This is such a cheese ball answer. But I said, myself at 50, so that I may see how my perception of the world and music has changed over time. Okay. But before that, I said Dolly Parton or um, Ryan Reynolds just for shits and giggles. Yeah, I'm not thinking of a celebrity or a musician at all. If I did go that route, it would be somebody that I respected or just somebody that I wanted to look at a lot, you know? Yeah. If you get to make that choice, like, fucking bring Anne Hathaway in here. <laughs> I'm. It, it, would the conversation be riveting? As riveting as it is with me? Probably not. <laughs> I'd bumble a lot, I'm sure. Okay. No. Well, I'm glad I don't intimidate you, Shane. <laughs> it's a tough question to answer because I still want to do something routinely with Austin and Codes. Mm -hmm. But with a podcast, one, they've got their own thing going on there. Yeah. And two, I feel like the male-female dynamic here is something that's necessary with a music show mm -hmm. because you do need those differing perspectives. Yes. So I used to, uh, there was a lady that used to call our customer support lines way, way back in the day. And she would call uh, every few months to just talk or try to get something she didn't need. Uh -huh. And she was an elderly I, black lady. I figured. And her name was Flossie Johnson. Flossie and Johnson. she had so much attitude and just... I loved talking to her. I think that would probably be, that would be a great can dynamic I, here. Can I change my name for the podcast? Can I just go by Flossie Johnson? Just change the, the logo. We'll yeah, start using Shane, Shane Wyndham and Flossie Johnson. Johnson. Yeah. <laughs> All right. I'm, I'm not disappointed with, with your answers. What are you most afraid of in life? That's from Cassandra J. Losing my loved ones. Other thing would be like dying in deep water or being burned to death. All good things. All good answers. Um, <laughs> yeah, not good things, but good answers. I mean, answers, not good so. things. Good answers. You? Um, I said never being enough for anyone in life and leaving the world thinking I could have done more and losing my loved ones. So You got to let some of those neuroses go. Just, I know. I know. Who fucking cares? I'm working through it. <laughs> I'm working through it. You Keep in mind, you're what, six years my yeah, senior? Yeah, I was, I was probably exactly where you are about this time. So I recognize my own shortcomings in in that aspect i'm working on it along with my control issues to an extent uh rapid fire yeah sorry 
<laughs> who gives a fuck about my mental health? You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> this this is this is not last, people are not paying to I know. hear you talk to a shrink, and I'm La- not your shrink. <laughs> last one. What artist or band posters did you have hanging in your room growing up? That's from Samantha B. Damn. I'll say mine while you have time to think about it. I had Britney Spears' Oops, I Did It Again album cover poster in my room, as well as many different cutouts from J14 magazine. And that's like All American Rejects, Simple Plan. I think I had two Britney posters, along with my True Blood poster and my Boondock Saints poster. And there's a lot going on. And and my uh, Chuck Norris poster, too. <laughs> I, <laughs> I think this bookshelf over in the corner, I used to have a, a bunch of them. Yeah. And I would stack... Uh, like these wooden CD things in them. And I, I had like an entire wall of CDs at some point. Mm-hmm. Like I had a lot of music albums. Yeah. That's what I focused on. And I lived at the trailer sometimes, but also lived with Corey sometimes. So I get a lot of a lot of this confused because I know we had like girly posters hanging on the wall. The yeah. first music poster that I really remember buying and being proud of, mm-hmm. it's the... The Pink Floyd girls at the pool with their yes, backs painted. Yes, yeah. I had a gargantuan version of that poster. Yeah. You don't still have that? Did you no, get rid of that? I didn't. That was. That doesn't seem like ha- that long ago that you had it. It though. was like 15, 20 years ago. I did at some point buy a smaller version. Okay. I had a big one and there was no. <laughs> you also mo- like changed rooms a lot. Yeah. And I can imagine having a lot of posters and switching rooms and switching houses it drives my wife nuts by the way i come from two households where it was fun we'd get bored and we would all decide let's switch rooms let's move furniture let's change things yeah and i don't think she likes to change things (laughs) and now we're looking at putting things in a spot where we never have to move them again yep and it kind of scares me a little bit blue is the same way I get bored and I'm like, I'm tired of looking at a room. I do rooms, but I'm tired of looking at the room like this. What other ways that I can switch it? And that'll last a couple months and I'll do the exact same thing and I'll switch it back because I'm limited in the amount of space. So I get it. We used to do that. We used to switch rooms at at my parents' house too. I mean, like I've been in every single one of the rooms except for that big room that was my grandmother's room at one point. So I get it. I I feel you. That is the end of our listener questions. Thank you all so much. I hope we offered some very riveting conversation. Let's take a break and then Judge Rayburn. Oh, boy. Judgment Day. All right. So the first album that I picked was The Who, Live at Leeds from 1970. This was my bottom album. This was my top album, and I should clarify that we did the 1995 reissue. Yeah. The CD reissue. Mm-hmm. I gave one five. I gave 10 Damn. out of the 14 tracks. Damn. I gave 10. It surprised me too, but we'll get there. All right. My top track was Happy Jack. Mine was Magic Bus. I'm not surprised. I was surprised. I was, I'm not. Uh, my bottom track was Heaven and Hell. A quick one while he's away. What do you want to say about the album? Somewhere between classic rock and oldies. Some of this doesn't even sound like it's being done live. I know I won't always be in the mood to hear this album's fives, but I dig it quite a lot more than I anticipated. 
being more familiar with their later work, this was a welcome treat of a listen, as most early old rock tends to disappoint me. Much more technical, progish, and deep than something else that might be covered here, but it's a little too indulgent at times, though it's mostly stellar, in my opinion. The vocals were not strong. Definite 60s inspiration. Instrumentals do stand out, but for me, it was a little bland, which I will say, this is in the top five greatest live albums of all time. Yes, which I don't put much stock in those lists. I know. (laughs) I looked at some of them. For people that do. Usually when we do specials like this, I will look at lists like that. Mm -hmm. I rarely take much away from them. Okay. Because it's very, it's like a little select club and somebody made the decision like, oh, this is so good. And their friends were like, really? I I guess I got to think it's good now. Well, then it can be like propaganda. I mean, anybody can like push their agenda with these lists and, you know, it's it's all wanting to impress one another instead of what's your actual opinion here? Yeah. You know, moving on to our next album that we covered. It's Frampton Comes Alive from 1976. This was my middle album. Same. I gave it two fives. Same. My top track was... Out of 14 tracks. Out of 14 tracks. I'm failing at that. (laughs) Sorry. Uh, It's been too long, man. Uh, My top track was Baby, I Love Your Way. I'll Give You Money. And... (laughs) Not not a message. (laughs) To me? To anybody. Okay. I won't give you money, but my top track was I'll Give You Money. My bottom track which I've always not been a fan of this song. It's Jumpin' Jack Flash. Penny for your thoughts. Okay. I just, I've never been about it. But um, didn't the Stones do it originally? Jumpin' Jack Flash? Don't know. Jumpin' Jack Flash is a guess, guess, guess. This is my ignorant side of music. Okay. That's what this is. I should mention, by the way, that all of your albums were single disc. Yes. I think when they were on... Uh, what are they called? Records, LPs. Mm-hmm. They but, were yeah. like four, you know, so they would have been double disc, but there was enough room that this all fit. Yes. On single disc. Yes. So. What do you want to say about it, Shane? Oh, I'm dying to hear. So good music with good live sound quality for the mid 70s. What holds this back for me is that arena concert sound. Fine to sit and watch live. The performances are pretty stellar. Just not what I turn to a stereo for in most places. Would much rather hear the studio versions. Classic rock fans will love this. I gave almost all fours outside of those two fives. I do think if you grew up with this music, you really love it, would yeah. be my guess. Yeah. I just, it, it didn't hit a lot of highs for me. I agree with Shane that it is 70s feel-good rock. Very guitar-driven. Almost road-trippy vibes. Uh, the vocals are strong, f- even for a live set. But I agree with what Shane says as far as it, something gets a little lost because you know the venue is so large. So, yeah. And I think it's sad. For a while, Frampton Comes Alive was really all you could find of Peter Frampton. Yeah. And I think there are a lot of people who don't know much outside of his live stuff as yeah. a result. Mm-hmm. And I do think Peter Frampton in places is a fantastic musician. All right. So. I'll take that. I'll take that win. Next, you should. <laughs> <laughs> next album that we covered was Simon and Garfunkel Concert in Central Park from 1982. This is the album that I own. Uh, this was my top album. Bottom. Not surprised. I gave it eight fives out of 19 tracks. Three. My top track was April Come She Will. Same. 
And my bottom track was Wake Up Little Susie. Really? I've never been I've never been a huge fan of that contribution from them. There's so many other good songs that come from Simon and Garfunkel, which I'm really curious. Well, that one's an Everly Brothers cover. Well, I know, yeah. but people it's a known cover. Yeah, it's just interesting. They sound so much like the Everly Brothers when they mm-hmm. do it, and maybe that's why. Yeah. Uh, bottom track for me was 50 Ways to Leave Your Lover. Leave Your Lover. Yeah, that's another um, big one by them. I'm still curious to see what you think of Paul Simon by himself, but that's for a later episode. I don't know that this is a reflection, by the way, of my feelings on Simon and Garfunkel. I'll throw that out there right away. Okay. This is 100% folk. Most accompaniment is acoustic, slower paced, very easy to play, and harmonies are pleasant. This is the type of album that I would turn on when company is over and not be too invested in what is playing. Very easy. Oh, I thought that listening. was going somewhere else. Like, this is the shit I turn on when company's over and I want them to get the fuck out of my house. <laughs> <laughs> okay. What do you think about it? There are certain kinds of music I've no interest in hearing live and soft rock tops that little category. For me, it's just rarely satisfying. Like giving you a hug where you barely make contact with the other person. Mm-hmm. You know, like just the taps. Yeah, huh? <laughs> oh, I know those hugs. Uh, this disc is at its best when it leans closer to folk rock. The rest is not, and I must emphasize, not bad. It's just got that overly gentle 70s thing that usually yeah. bores me. And I'm all about it. Yep. Yeah, we figured that out. Throw the uh, live music feel on top of it, and this album doesn't get much mileage for me. It's mostly like if Air Supply was trying to be edgy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Seriously. Uh, a lot of fours, though. Okay. So that concludes our choices. Shane, who won for you? I think you know. You won for you. Yeah. I won for me. So was it close at all? Um, five wise. Five wise. Oh, yeah. One five difference between you and me. I just was not a huge fan of the metal Lamb of God and Tori Amos. It, they both got below three averages for me. She heard it and thought, her bush is just a little too big for mm-hmm. me. You got to trim it some. I'm intimidated Tori. by a big bush. I'm sorry, Tori. But yeah, the fives were really close. I but love the, Tori Amos. <laughs> I know you do. But the averages weren't super close. So it might have been a uh, number of track thing because, I mean, I don't know. you. Roger Waters was a double disc. Yeah. I had four discs technically. Mm-hmm. And Rayburn should have had five. But both of them fit onto single discs. Yes. So uh, she got 15 fives out of me. For my own picks, I had 35 fives. Although if I adjust for the fourth, the fourth disc, it's 26. Worth pointing out that when I adjusted, you were within $2.50 of catching me on purchase value. Mm-hmm. So still a strong showing in my opinion. Just miss me on fives. All right. That's all it was. I'll take it. I'll take the win. I'll take the loss for a win. How about that? Take an ale. I'll take the L. Let's get back to our list of live songs. The best, the best, the best live songs. All right. What you got? Next on my list is By Your Side by Sade from her Lovers Live 2002. Sade's voice is so very soulful and clear in this version that it makes the want to be in your lover's arms while hearing it all the more real. The song has a great music video, too. I haven't seen the music video. Not the live version, just the normal yeah. version. It's it's it's, it's a really, really good. good live song. I had heard it done on uh, T Rex. Really did it 
for the Scott Pilgrim versus the World soundtrack. That's where I heard that song. And then I found out that Sade did a version of it. Her version is better. T-Rex out here wildin'. I think it's T-Rex. Don't quote me. (laughs) But if you want to look it up, I'm probably wrong. But it is on that album. Beautiful Disaster by Kelly Clarkson. (laughs) I know that song very well. Back before any drama that left parts of my family at odds, some of the Wyndhams used to make occasional trips from Justin to Granbury just to visit the cousins. We spent a lot of time watching South Park and American Idol. I was never a major fan of American Idol, but I clearly recall this being performed on the show. I may have still looked like a beached whale occupying a couch at the time, but Inside, I became instantly aware that what I wanted out of life was someone as talented and beautiful as Kelly Clarkson to have me in mind when this song was on or being sung. I'm pretty sure I've succeeded there. Next on my list is This Is Gospel by Panic at the Disco, live at Amway Center in 2017. Goddamn floating piano, Shane. Plus, hearing the audience interaction along with the toned-down version that allows more focus on Yuri's vocals. It's just too cool. You know, my nephew Devin has a frog named Yuri, and every time you say it's just his first name. You think of his frog? I think of the frog. Frog on a floating piano. I think we just gave him a YouTube video idea. (laughs) Probably. (laughs) Hamster on a piano. Yeah, his, uh, I think his YouTube handles The Crying Pooper. The Crying Pooper. He's got multiple, but he was talking about editing some of the banter bar stuff because a yeah. lot of it gets cut. Yeah. And we told him, you could use that cut material if you want. We'd let you upload it. Mm-hmm. It could be Pooper's Bloopers. Yeah. You know? <laughs> anyway, Pinocchio Story by Kanye West. Kanye's always struck me as someone who's every bit as lost at times as I so often feel. What no one tells you when you're young and being fed lines about how you can become anything you want to be, chase your dreams, etc., is that something unexpected happens when you begin coloring outside the lines. You discover that you're still stuck on a fucking page. You can't push boundaries without the boundaries beginning to feel like a prison. Same goes for the roads we choose to take and how it leaves us unable to take certain things back. We choose to prioritize and ultimately lose something, no matter which way we go. Life is hard, but you've got to be at peace with it if you hope to not take one of life's easy exits. And I think this freestyle hammers that all home in a way that no other artist could have done quite the same way. All right. It's going to start off and sound like some cheesy, weird, like, what the fuck is this? It's really emotional and gripping. Highly recommended if you haven't heard it. I don't want to shit on your pick, but do you know he's suing Walmart? Kanye is like Britney Spears for me. You don't want to deep dive into that? I might care, but yeah, I can't get involved. You know what I mean? I know, I know. I appreciate your art when it comes. What you got going on in your personal shit's your own. Yeah, I don't want to even get into that. But yeah, he's suing Walmart because shoes anyway if you're interested or give a shit look it up google it i don't give a fuck walmart's selling plain white shirts as well so you know you (laughs) you might have two cases to make uh don't put it past him to open up another one next on my list is you learn by alanis morissette this is from her live unplugged in 1999 this is the first live version of anything that i ever loved but then again this is the queen of canada so the queen of canada the queen of canada she is i like it kevin smith made her god in dogma she's the queen of canada we've joked a lot by the way about 
my dick making decisions. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. Oh, that was a joke? Okay. I thought we were just stating facts. No, I, that was a statement of fact. Oh, okay. But this, when we bring her up, it's a prime example of how that doesn't go as far as you think it would. I bought all kinds of CDs. Mm-hmm. Some I'd never even heard. I just saw a cool cover and wanted to know. I remember hearing that when you bought supposed former Infatuation Junkie, I think I'm getting that right. Okay. It's like her second album. Yes. That she's nude inside. Uh-huh. I never bought that album. You cared about the music rather than the... Yeah. Good for you. Now, to be clear, I should have bought that album. <laughs> yeah. Because I'm sure the music on it's probably great <laughs> because uh, it's Alanis Morissette. Yeah. It's just, I didn't want to feel like a shill who bought a CD just mm-hmm. because I knew there was a naked girl in yeah. it. And she is exquisitely beautiful. Yeah. You know, talk, talk, talking about big bushes and tan, which is, you know what I'm saying? I'm just anyway, I'm such a dick. I love your, Alanis Morissette. With your Uncle Joey facts, we can... <laughs> you remembered! Good for you, Shane. Yeah. I didn't... If, if I never taught you anything, at least I taught you that. It occurred to me after editing it, I was listening to the episode again, and it occurred to me, you kept saying Uncle Joey and Dave Couillet, and I was thinking, I don't remember which one that is. It's been so long since I've the seen the show one. or cared. Yeah. And I went to Google it, and like just as I'm getting done with Uncle Joey or whatnot, mm-hmm. I remember thinking, it's going to be like this super handsome motherfucker right like it's John got to be Stamos. and no. it was it was the goofy fuck the and goofy i thought one. yeah after, i love her even more now after that she married ryan reynolds alanis morissette was ryan reynolds first wife are they divorced now yeah then yeah. he married first uh, wife scarlett johansson and then he married blake lively dude's got a great track record all i'm saying he does but why would you leave I don't know. those first two period I don't, dude, we don't know, we don't know what goes on. He seems very happy with Blake Lively and his three children, so he's got three girls. Anyway, what is next on your list? We've talked entirely too long about this. To Be Alone by Hozier. It's from the From Eden EP. This live is pretty close to the version I actually had in mind, which is the Kilkenny performance you can find on YouTube. Just a songwriter, his guitar, and a building with some beautiful acoustics. What this one brings to mind is those rare instances I've seen where someone's demeanor, once behind closed doors, goes from even and composed to 100% sensual and unable to contain themselves. The lover in me lives for those moments. It's like sitting next to a fire after swimming in cold water. I want to see more people unabashedly drunk on the lust in their veins because the sensation will leave the right kind of lover feeling renewed. She's over here giving me looks like, you always have to say this shit, don't (laughs) you? Like this weird... No, no. Next. Okay. Next on my list is Gravity by John Mayer from his Where the Light Is in Los Angeles from 2008. We take a ride with John Mayer through every note played, vocal sang, and breath of this song. And it's a road trip I would be willing to take anytime. That dude's got a lot of live music out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he does. And he's on TikTok now. And he's hilarious. He used to throw me for a loop on Spotify. Yeah. Because they had like every as is disc or mm-hmm. whatever up. You were like, I just want the earlier albums. Come on. Yeah. So I'm glad they pared that down. It's also got like the John Mayer Trio, which I think only released one album and it was live. So Dude's got a lot of crap out there. Very cool. 
loves playing with Clapton. I think his Sob Rock or SOB Rock. I'm not sure what Sob it's. Sob Rock. Sob Rock, I like. I think that's what it is. His new album's coming out soon, so that's pretty cool. Yeah. Anyway, Geeking. Sorry. It's fine. It's fine. Tomorrow is a Long Time by Bob Dylan from Sidetracks. First heard this while watching The Walking Dead. Listened to it some on that first Colorado trip I took with my then-girlfriend, Megan. We got away long enough to ride a train through the mountains, visit the Mesa Verde ruins, and eat at a handful of places from our life lists. Found myself considering marriage proposals every time this song would play. Lyrically a sad song, but it makes me feel grateful to be with the woman I'm with. She your wife now. Yeah. She the mother of your children. She's a hooch. I put a ring on it, and I make her take it off sometime like, girl, you freaking now. <laughs> okay. I'm kidding. <laughs> with you all right last on my list <laughs> you okay over there i might right. last on my list is tennessee whiskey and drink you away by justin timberlake and chris stapleton at the 2015 cmas yes i cheated and i make no apologies for it this is the perfect blend of Nashville country and Memphis soul. They make their vocals sweet as strawberry wine, and I'd stay drunk on it all year long. Plus, this version is a ton of fun. You cheated? It's two songs in a live performance. Oh. That's how I cheated. So my last pick is This Woman's Work by Maxwell from the MTV Unplugged performance. I first heard this song while waiting in the car at a Walmart one night. It remains one of my favorite vocal performances, and I can't believe it's still not widely known. Back then, I couldn't wait to share it with my over-the-phone girlfriend. Uh, she passed away last year, mm -hmm. and unsurprisingly, considering I'm the sap everyone loves to hate, this is what I was listening to shortly after finding out that she died. Found out while picking my son up from his grandparents' place, and our drive home takes me right by her childhood home. Bittersweet hearing this now because I do live with a degree of regret where she's concerned, and while I'm happy that she finally reached out to me on the very day she was diagnosed, I'm unrealistically sad about not having trusted her to love me the way she wanted to when we were young. And now that I've bookended a live music playlist with songs that remind me of death, I'll give you a break by letting Rayburn talk. And I have nothing else left to say. Won't you go on and make some more jokes about how I swallowed water down the wrong hole? <laughs> it was crazy, dude. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> Try to take one drink during the episode. And <laughs> it's, say, it's water. You know that? It's always water. It is always water. We, we don't get to have as much fun with drinking all day and recording these episodes. Although it probably sounds like we're drunk at times. I might be drunk by the time we get... Through what we've got going on today. <laughs> I mean, I would not be opposed to that. But anyway. Thanks for picking up the special. We're really glad to have you as a listener. Please come interact with us online. Mm -hmm. And you know, that whole, that's going to do it for this week's stuff. Yep. Until next time, fill your world with music. And remember, be a bad bitch with your tan witch. Let me put my hot dog <laughs> in your tan witch.